Hello, podcast listeners. I have missed you all. It has been a long, except for fast, summer. And um, I have done a lot of things this summer. I've been very busy traveling with work and um, getting acclimated to my new ministry, getting involved. I just started a group with my new ministry. So very, very excited about what God is doing in this season of my life. And I'm praying that he is showing up and showing out in your life. It is now fall. Here we are. This year has gone by so fast. Um, We're in the fourth quarter. Uh, January is almost here. We are definitely quickly approaching 2024. But we want to finish 2023 out strong. I know I do. And I'm sure you do too. Um, Today, I am going to talk to you all about parenting God put this word on my heart about a month ago, a month and a half ago, about parenting because I'm seeing parents that I know that are going through trials and tribulations with their children, and I've been there, Um, and so I just felt it necessary, and God put this word on my heart to share, and the title of my message is Parenting, It's Not for the Faint of Heart. Thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Talk with Tanya. And it absolutely isn't. If you are a parent, you know that. And I will tell you this word, it's not just for parents. It's for grandparents, aunts and uncles. It's for wannabe parents and anyone who has influence over a child's life. I believe this word is going to speak to you today. I'm sure you've heard the saying, it takes a village. I am the mother of two and I can tell you if it wasn't for my village, I am not sure where I would be today, and I'm not certain where my children would be. I love the Lord, but uh, one of my children would probably maybe potentially be dead today. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Um, I'm just saying, parenting is not for the faint of heart. It takes work. It takes patience. It takes personal growth within ourselves. It takes self-control. It takes selflessness. It takes boundaries. It takes tough love. God gave us plenty of commands and guidance as parents. But our foundational scripture for today comes from Proverbs 22 and 6. And it reads, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is foundational because it's a non-negotiable. God is telling us to train up our children in the ammunition of the Lord And I'm not saying, and God is not saying, to be a part-time Christian or a pretend trick Christian or just someone that goes to church on Sundays. God means for us to represent Him. He means for us to represent Christ and walk in His likeness as parents. Not only taking your kids to church, but also living it at home. And guess what? Your kids see your flaws like no other. But they will also see the God in you if it's there. You can't fake it with your kids, especially as they grow up and they will call you out on your stuff. Believe me, mine have done it. But if you train them up in the Lord, they have a much better chance of sticking with it. And no matter what, they will always have that, the word, the gospel, Christ as their savior to fall back on. That foundation is so important, and without it, especially today, our children will be lost. 
They'll be troubled and confused, and I see it so much in this world today. I mean, just look at it. I've never seen so much narcissism, arrogance, evil, confusion, deception. There's so much anger going on, vengeance, and entitlement. We call this generation the generation of entitlement. And guess what? Parents, a lot of that is on us. Now, let me say this. God created man and woman, beginning with Adam and Eve, to become one, to marry, and to raise children together. That was God's plan for mankind. Unfortunately, it's been distorted, and my children are a product of growing up in a single home. That was not God's plan for mankind. But my kids, unfortunately, are not alone in that. A lot of children are growing up in single homes today. And that's where I want to start. If you don't ha yet have children, I beg of you, wait. I would say don't have sex before marriage because that's what God desires. And that's holy. But if you miss it and you mess up, at least protect yourself. You owe it to your future children. It's not only hard for you. It's mostly hard for them growing out without both parents. I know this because my children endured that. Daddy is supposed to be the disciplinarian, the strong force, and the head of the household. Mama is supposed to nurture those children and teach them how to keep a home, how to um, be, be, be uh, nurturers to their own children. Women, wouldn't you agree that nurturing feels more natural to you? It's been distorted. As I said before, I had to become daddy which meant I had to be tougher and more harsh than God ever intended me to be. Please, 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 women, wait until God brings your mate and then marry. Do it the right way, and you will save yourself a lot of heartache and pain and your future children as well. For those of us that were out of order and had children out of wedlock, we serve a forgiving gracious, and merciful Father. And He will father our children and He will guide us in parenting them. He loves us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord knows I wouldn't be the mom I am and that I have become if it wasn't for the guidance of God and for strong Christian leaders who advised me and stood by my side when I was raising my kids. I was 19 years old when I had my son. I was too young to know how to parent, and I was still too wild, honestly, wanting to live like a teenager. My mom and my older sister helped me raise my son. At 21, my daughter was born. I didn't have the same help with her, but I did have help nonetheless. I was still growing up myself, and I needed to get that youth out of my system. So I have to thank God for all of my family, including my stepmom, my aunt and uncle. They all came to the rescue. They gave my children normalcy and proper love and care because I was young. When my children were three and five, I relocated to Winston-Salem to give them a better life and to get it together, honestly. My precious mama, she kept my children for two years while I worked full-time. I went to school part-time and I wild out a little bit, can't lie. My sister was in college at the time and we lived together. So her friends became my friends, and boy, did we party. 
But you know, you know what? When I look back on it, I don't regret it. I don't regret it because I needed to get that out of my system. It was part of my growth journey. It wasn't God's original plan for my life. But as my favorite scripture, Romans 8 and 28, and if you follow me long enough, you know that's my favorite scripture. God worked it all together for my good and ultimately for my children as well. So I moved my kids to Winston-Salem, which was about an hour from where I was from, about two years later. And they were five and seven at that time. And guess what? I was ready. I was ready. I'd come full circle. I got serious about my relationship with God, and I was sold out. Many of you have heard my testimony. I joined my church in March 2022. I mean, I'm sorry, 2002. 2002, I joined my church, and I never looked back. For three years, I didn't listen to secular music. I stopped smoking weed, which I had been doing. Um, And I didn't touch alcohol. I had to cut everything off cold turkey because I was a heathen. And eventually, I was able to reincorporate some things in my life, but only in, in moderation. Because when it's not in moderation, it actually becomes a god. It becomes an idol. And then it's sin. What is it that you need to cut off right now? Not only for yourself, but for the example you're setting for your children. And it may not be the same bad habits I had, but you've got to seek God and allow him to convict you because he loves you and he loves your children. The example that we set for our kids is like no other. You are the first person they will learn from. My children did not need to be in my care full time when I was running the streets, if I'm being honest. They didn't. I wasn't a good example at that time for them. And sometimes it isn't drugs and alcohol. It's maybe bad relationships we're in. It's being in a lot of relationships as a man or a woman and then seeing that. That's not healthy. Sometimes we're married to our spouse, to our children's father and or mother. And it's the way that we treat their father or mother. That's an example we're setting. And they see it and they're learning from it. My pastor in Winston-Salem used to always say, You teach what you know, but you produce who you are. Your children will become a product of their environment. As I think about that foundational scripture, I can testify to it because I grew up in church. I saw the example my mom set of integrity, of hard work, and of making sure that God was part of our life. I saw the example my grandma set of reading her Bible. I saw the example of my Aunt Debbie, who served in the church and was a leader. I saw the example of my dad. My dad didn't get saved till he was 39 years old. So in my earlier years in life, my dad wasn't saved. He would lay in the bed while we went to church on Sunday mornings. But at 39 years old, when my dad got saved, boy, he was on fire for Jesus. And God became the center of his life. Some of my best conversations about God were with him. And I loved it. And he knew that word. Honestly, it's a pure example of it never being too late, parents. Whether your children are young or old, it's never too late for you to set that godly example before them. And like me, um, you know, my dad, starting out obviously being a heathen, he ended up being a lover of Christ. Um, and and it, like I said, it's never too late. It's too late. If you believe you feel, failed in giving your children God, do it now. There is no time like the present. 
I'm going to share several things with you today that I've learned that's necessary in parenting. And obviously, we'd be here all day if I said everything there is to say. But I am just going to touch on a few things that God has given me that is important for parenting. And the first one should be a very easy one, and you should guess it. It's love. Love your children with the love of God. And I will tell you, sometimes that will be hard for some of our children. But the Bible says in 1 Peter 4 and 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Jesus covered our sins on the cross. And he expects us to love one another, especially our seed, fervently, as the scripture says. And that will cover their sins. And they will sin. They will make mistakes. But we have a responsibility to protect them. And part of that protection means that we, as parents, especially when they're minors, are expected to cover them. I remember when I was a teenager, my mom used to say, I love you, but I don't like you. And I didn't get it at the time until I became the mom of a rebellious teenager. And oh, how I understood. But guess what? What I imagine sometimes God doesn't like about us and the decisions we make, but he still loves us. And he commands us to love our children no matter what. Selflessly love them. In order to love our children like Christ, we must first learn how to truly love God and teach his love to our children. That's the best thing that we can ever or ever will do for them. Teach them the love of Christ. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. Put God first, put him first, and he will lead you and he will guide you to properly love your children, even those times when you don't like them. But it is your responsibility to train them up in the way that they should go. And it will not depart from them, but also to love them, love them, love them, love them like Christ loves you. Fervently. Love requires grace, patience, and sacrifice. We must exhibit all of the above for our children. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Yes, our children will hurt us, but it's our responsibility to give them grace. Let's not ever lose sight of who is the adult and who is the child. Even with our adult kids, we cannot stoop to their level. We cannot be petty and unfair and 
Even if they disrespect us, we still have to stand our ground and be firm, but walk in love. Now, I'm not going to get into the disciplining correction part yet, but I will because it's so very important. But grace is important too. Knowing the fine line between both is so important. Trust me, if you seek God, he will show you how to find balance between correction and grace. He will show you. Patience is tough, but boy, our children require patience when they are young and when they're old. The Bible says it in Ephesians 4 and 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Another version says to be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. This is especially important for our children to always feel loved, even at their worst. They need to feel loved. As small children, we must be patient as they learn and they grow. When they're preteens, we must be patient as they're finding their identity. As teenagers, we have to be patient as we teach them to be more responsible, but also that they're not grown and they can't always have their way. We must also teach them respect and we have to demand it. It takes work and that takes time. And honestly, I felt a lot. I felt a lot when I was raising my two, especially my oldest, who was a lot like me. Uh, we butt heads a lot. and We disagreed. And we had World War III. Um, it took me a long time to learn how to parent him and to talk to him. And I had a lot of regrets. I kicked him out more than once. Don't regret that. I yelled. I screamed. Honestly, I beat the wheels off of him, which was wrong when he was young. Um, you name it. And I did it. But I can honestly say I never stopped loving him. My patience ran very thin, and yours will too. You must repent like I had to repent and still do today. Learn from your mistakes and ask God to help us parent them his way. And if you're not there yet, learn from me and others who have been for the future because you don't know what it holds with your children. But trust God that they're going to turn out good. The next thing is sacrifice. Sacrifice is another huge thing for and with parenting. We must always be mindful of order. God's way is him first, family next, and then church, and then so on. Our family unit is so important. Guiding our children is everything as we're rearing them up and as we are um, supporting them. I was having a conversation with a friend, and he said that several weeks prior, he had been invited to a men's night at church, and it was on a Friday night. And he always gets his daughter on Friday night, so he declined the invite because he said there's nothing that could take the place of the quality time that he spends with his daughter. So the leader asked him again and said, you know, how about, you know, this is a one-time thing. We haven't done this in a while. It'll be a while before we do it again. How about you make other arrangements with your daughter? And then maybe see her on Saturday. But you know what? He didn't. He declined it again. He held fast. He remained strong because guess what? Church doesn't come before family. Family comes before church. So he backed him down. He didn't go. Because you know what? He had enough insight to see that first of all, his daughter expected to see her dad on Fridays as she always did. 
And there was no excuse for her not to see him in this case. And he knew that it was more important for him to see her than the other thing, which was a good thing, but it wasn't the right thing in this case. He also had enough insight to know that she was going to grow up someday and she wouldn't want to spend Friday nights with her daddy, but right now she did. So he savored that time with her. Parents, we have to be very careful not to reject our children by choosing something else over them. Now, I'm not saying things don't come up. Work events come up, things that you must do and you must attend. And that does come up from time to time. But when we can be there, we must be there because we do not want our children to grow up with a spirit of rejection. When we make excuses not to attend their ball games or their dance recitals, this impacts them. This impacts them. And this goes for mom and dad. Even if you don't feel like it or it's not something you like, suck it up and make the sacrifice. They're worth it. When my friend shared that with me, honestly, I had a moment of guilt because I thought back to a long time ago when my son went through an encounter weekend in our church. And it's a weekend where we did it as adults, but they also did it as youth where they spent one-on-one time with God and they broke chains, honestly, in this time with God. Well, that Sunday was the first time I'd seen him since Friday, and we were at church. I served on the production team, and I was actually the director on the production team. And so after he got out of the encounter, you know, we hugged, and I told him how proud I was of him. And he said he wanted to talk to me. I actually put him off, and I said, you know what, Stephen, I have to serve. But I'm going to, we can talk after. I could tell he was very discouraged and he was frustrated. He was actually kind of mad at that time. And later he didn't want to talk about it. I missed it. I missed it. And I missed the opportunity to lean in and hear what he had to say because he was very vulnerable in that moment. And I had to repent for that. But you know what? Sometimes we miss it as parents. We repent and we get right back on the saddle and make things right with them as well. But we have to be mindful not to allow church, work, Friendships get in the way of us giving our children what they need. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5 and 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow, he's worse than an unbeliever. If he does not provide for his own, especially for his household, That's pretty serious, but it tells me that I have to make self-sacrifices to provide for my own, and our kids don't just want it. They need it. They need that love, that care, nurturing, that protection, and the correction, which we're going to talk about next because I can tell you, correction is a very big deal to me. And it is one of the hardest parts of parenting, but it is so important. The Lord corrects us and he's our example. So what would make us think that we don't need to do it too? We cannot let our kids run over us or go rogue. Hebrews 12 and 6 says, because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Discipline and correction are so important for those that we love. The Bible says he loves those he corrects. He loves us, so therefore he corrects us. And I'm not proud to say it, but I was a rebellious and disrespectful teenager myself. And I've paid back. I've paid through my son. 
I was strong-willed and no one could tell me anything. I thought I was grown. I, had, I thought I had it all figured out. Honestly, I deserved a swift kick in my rear end and some serious tough love. But because I knew I needed that, I gave that as a parent to my child, my children, both of them. And growing up, my son actually resented me for it. He, he resented me for, for, you know, how I parented him. And I used to always say, you may not understand it right now, but someday you're going to thank me for it. And guess what happened just this year at 28 years of age? He thanked me for being tough on him in a roundabout way. He said that he would not be where he is today if I had not been so hard on him. See, he was headed for destruction and me not enabling or tolerating his disrespect. It forced him to grow up and to not be entitled or selfish. And don't get me wrong, he had to go around a mountain. But that tough love helped him in the end because I held him accountable for his actions and parents, you must do the same for your children. I know it's hard because we love them and we want what's best for them. But what's best for them is to correct them when they're wrong. We don't want to deny them. No, we don't. We don't want to say no. But someone taught me a long time ago, and it's very biblical, that let your let yes be less, uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's Matthew 5 and 37. That's what Jesus said. If you don't let your yes be yes and your no be no, they will learn to manipulate you. So if you ground them from going to the game on Friday, don't let them talk you into changing your mind. Stick with what you said. It's a no. Do not change your mind because they will learn to manipulate you. And I can say that because that was me. You're the parent. Hold your ground and hold your position. Don't let a kid, young or old, run over you. And if they're an adult and they're disrespecting you in your home, I'm going to say seek God, but I'm pretty sure he's telling you put them out. It's a non-negotiable. If they mistreat you, can you imagine how they're going to treat their partner? You're setting an example. You're crippling your child and becoming a crutch if you give them their way. Love is correction, and I'm not talking about abuse. Mental, physical, and verbal abuse is never okay. I'm not okay with that. I didn't cuss my son out or say negative things to him, even when I wanted to, and it's because I was saved, so I thank the Lord for that because God knows if I hadn't been, I probably would have. But I spoke life over him because I knew that he was rebelling because, for one, his dad wasn't there. And for two, there were some things between he and I. He was in a rebellious state, and I was reaping what I sowed. But I had to do what I needed to do as a parent. And 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 at the same time, telling him who he was, not the behavior I saw. That's what you have to do. But you also have to put your foot down. That's that balance. That's that balance. And then the other thing I want to share to, in that vein is mom and dad, you must be on one accord, whether you're married or not. If your kids see division, they will use it against you. They will cause more conflict in your relationship. If you're married, it will cause conflict. I have seen marriages fall apart over issues with them not agreeing with their children. I would challenge you not to discuss areas that you disagree with the other parent in front of your children. Do that in private and come to an agreement 
Because if you don't, the child is going to learn how to play both sides against each other. And moms, moms, stop being so soft, especially on those sons. Let dad discipline him. Let dad correct him. The only time you should speak out is if it's abusive behavior. And then there's those helicopter parents. Helicopter parents, please stop. And if you're going to get offended by what I'm saying right now, then you're one. You're a helicopter parent. What's a helicopter parent, you might ask? It's a parent who takes an overprotective or an excessive interest in the life of their child or children. It's a parent with a short leash. It's one that fights their kids' battles. They always jump in so their children don't fail. Studies show that children of helicopter parents experience long-lasting psychological repercussions that can follow them into adolescence and adulthood. They oftentimes, those kids, have a harder time learning to manage their emotions and their behavior. Please do not set your child up for failure. Trust God to be God in their lives because He loves them more than you ever will and more than you ever can. Yes, lead them and protect them and be their biggest advocate, but do not be overbearing and so protective that they don't even know how to have a mind of their own. Give them room to grow and flourish, to develop their own identity, to ultimately make decisions for themselves. And again, it's a fine line, but we should allow our children, even starting small, to make some decisions, to develop their identity. Maybe for a small child, it's something as simple as pulling out two outfits and letting them choose which one they want to wear or letting them choose which dessert they want for dinner, after dinner. As they get older, their decisions and obligations are going to increase. You're going to have, you're going to know as a parent their maturity level and you're going to pace them in their growth process, not to force them to grow up too fast. But you also must let them have a mind of their own and to speak for themselves. I cannot stress this enough. And parents that are coddling their kids too much and not letting them be more independent. Again, that's a helicopter parent. Please stop. You are crippling your child. I cringe when I see this type of parent, if I'm being honest. Because it breeds fear and a lack of faith. I'm asking you to reverse that for the sake of your child if that is you. The last thing I want to appeal to you as a parent is to give grace and mercy to your child. No one can hurt us and sometimes crush our spirit more than our children. But the Bible commands us in Colossians 3 and 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God forgives us of our transgressions and our sins. How dare we hold it against our children, even when they've wronged us? We must love them and we must forgive them. Yes, we must be tough, but give them grace and give them mercy and don't, for goodness sakes, crush their spirit. You are the parent. You're the one with the awesome responsibility to teach them about the Lord and to teach them about life. Don't drop the ball or don't drop them by the curbside. And boundaries, though, is okay. But no matter what, continue to encourage your child and pray for them. Even if things have gone so rough 
with them that you've had to put distance between you, especially your adult children. I've had to do that with my son before. But I didn't stop loving him or being from, there for him if he wanted to have a conversation. But I'll tell you this, if he started started disrespecting me in the conversation, I would let him know. We're going to talk later when you know how to talk to me with respect. And as an adult, I would say, when you learn how to talk to me as an adult, a fellow adult, we can talk. So hold your ground, but do have conversations with them so they know that you love them. They must know you love them, not just by words, but by actions. As I said in the beginning, parenting is not for the faint at heart. But God is always there to lead and guide you. And trust me, there will be trial and error in parenting and a lot of learning as you go. There is no roadmap for parenting. Forgive yourself if you missed it because none of us have arrived and we all wish that we had done some things differently. I know I do. It's never too late, even if you're estranged from your child even. Try to reach out to them in love. Be the parent meaning don't stoop to their level, as I said before, if they're negative or they're pointing fingers. Just make sure they know you love them and that you're always there for them, but that you don't like their actions. I love you, but I don't like you. Trust God to heal anything that's broken. At the end of the day, the theme of this message is love, loving your children like Christ loves the church. Patience, sacrifice, just like God sacrifices for us correction because those whom he loves he corrects so we must correct grace because he gives us grace and mercy every day in our sinful nature and there's so much more stay in the fight and ask god to help you deal with each child in the way they need because every child is different and unique in their own way and in that vein be very careful not to compare your children i've been guilty of that Be careful not to do that. They're all different. And sometimes you have to even discipline and parent them differently. That's something you've got to pray and seek God because God will show you how to parent your children. Keep pushing, mom and dad, and lean first on God. But also lean on your friends, your family, and youth leaders. Because I said at the beginning, as I said at the beginning, it takes a village. And we are all here to help one another. Or at least I hope so. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day that you've made, God. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. I listened to, I pray for everyone listening and under the sound of my voice, God. I pray that you will be with them if they are parents or grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins. God, I just pray that you will help them, that they will be a godly example. I pray that you will give them guidance. You will give them instruction, God and that they will be the parents that you've called them to be. I pray for our children. I plead the blood over their lives and pray for divine protection. I pray that our children will be everything you've called them to be, and we will be patient and we wait on you. Even if they're not who they're supposed to be today, we will speak life over them and continue to believe that they will get there. I pray that we will train them up in the way they shall go. We will be real Christians and that they will know and they'll be able to look back and say, you know what, my mom and dad taught me what was right. And when they are older, we know that that will not depart from them because you promised that. So we thank you, God, for your promises, and we know it is sealed. We love you, and we pray to you these in all of our prayers in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you, podcast listeners. I appreciate each and every single one of you that tune in to listen. I pray God's peace over your lives. 
and God bless you until we meet again. We will talk again very soon. Take care of yourself, and I love you with the love of Christ. You are listening to Kingdom Talk with Tanya.